Welcome to The Heart of the Matter, an Our Place podcast where we look at the issues surrounding homelessness, addiction and mental health on the streets of Greater Victoria. Hello, I'm Stephen Seltzer, Manager of Community and Corporate Partnerships for Our Place, and I'm pleased to welcome Anne McIntyre, Founder and Executive Director of Soap for Hope Canada, to today's Heart of the Matter podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Steve. Um, before we start, I should mention that we respectfully acknowledge the Lekwungen-speaking peoples of the Songhees and Esquimalt Nations for their gracious hospitality while we provide programs and services on their ancestral lands. Um, thanks so much for joining me today, Anne. No, I'm really thrilled to be here. We work a lot with our place. Uh, absolutely in all of our locations which is huge um mm -hmm. before we get into too much about so for hope canada maybe if you don't mind giving us a snapshot of your own background sure no problem so i have a background in accounting and computing and uh, worked in the finance industry for a few years and then i went back to school and i got my degree in marketing and communications um, after that i did the marketing and sponsorship for a junior b hockey team in victoria and then transitioned into the nonprofit world. Awesome. And uh, was there much of, you know, in terms of getting into the, the charity and not-for-profit world, mm -hmm. was there a lot to, to learn or really just transferring over skills or finding out a lot of new things you didn't know before? <laughs> I think there's uh, both parts of it. I mean, there is a lot of transferable skills, obviously, with marketing and uh but, you know, when I first got into the nonprofit world, it was with international aid, and that's a little bit different. And I love the experience of it, but I'm born and raised Victoria, and I want to help here in my community. So how did you discover this particular need? How did that basically hit home with you? Yeah, it's a good question. So when I was doing international aid, it seemed obvious that some people needed basic products when they had gone through a disaster and soap being one of them. And when I was in our warehouse in Victoria and looking at all the products we were shipping overseas, I I have a I had a lot of products sitting here in the warehouse and it's not helping anybody by just sitting somewhere. So I went down to five shelters in Victoria just to ask, what do you do for basic hygiene needs? And really the answer was, we don't have funding for it. We don't get it consistently. Sometimes we get it donated, but not on a consistent basis. And I thought, hmm, maybe there's something I can do about this. So for a year, we were still doing international aid and we were providing five shelters in Victoria with their essential hygiene. And it was after that year where it was actually Victoria Foundation that said, you kind of have mission creep. You're doing a lot of work in community and your license is set up for international aid. So we broke the SOAP program away from the international aid program just to concentrate here in community. Right. And literally, this was seven years ago. We started with five shelters and now we're over 500. So the need is there. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, was there a model that you were able to learn from? Are there other cities and other charities that do this sort of thing? Or did you basically have to make it up as you went along? Literally made it up as I went along. It was starting with five shelters. And I think having those relationships and being able to sit down with someone and say, what are the needs of your clients? Like, what do you actually need? And then figuring out if you can do it. So our place was one of the organizations I sat down with, Anawim House, Rock Bay Landing, Sandy Merriman and one of the Kool-Aids and just really having heart-to-heart -heart conversations about what do we need in our community and how are we going to access this. 
So because we work with the hotel industry, it was like figuring out what the hotels could get rid of and what we could reprocess and give back to the community. Right. And then with hotels, it's interesting because they're all about luxury and not decadence, but, you know, different feel to it. So being able to te teach them the importance of what they could be doing to support the communities. Was that uh, a challenge? Was that the, one of the funner parts of, uh, you know, getting involved in, in relationships with, um, with the hospitality industry? What, what, what was that like? Yeah, I think it's presenting them with an option. I mean, it wasn't an option before. It's like, you know, sometimes hotels would get rid of, say, all their towels at once to a shelter, which is awesome. But getting rid of seven, usually it's about seven amenities that's in a hotel room. So that consistently over time builds up to a lot of products. So they didn't know it was an option that someone would take it, reprocess it, and then give it back to community. So there's kind of two parts to it. There's an environmental aspect, which is very appealing to hotels. And then there's a, well, if you do this, then we can give back to your community. And it's really not costing you any money. You're just, you know, giving everything to us so we can do you know, the, what we do to it. And it's not just hotels. I assume you accept donations regularly from, from families, from community groups and so on for uh, not just soaps and shampoos, but linen as well. Yeah. So with the community, it's like how many of us have got shampoo that we've tried once and don't like it? right? There's lots of people that have stuff sitting under their counter. And again, if you present this as an opportunity for them not to throw it away, that it can go back to help somebody else. So we are working uh, with the CRD to how do we access single family homes that do have products that they really just don't need anymore. Um, we do accept some linens from the public, but mainly, you know, we're working with hotels that have hundreds of sheets or blankets or pillows, um, you know, and that's kind of what we need is a volume. Do you have a percentage of how many hotels in town uh, are part of this program contribute to you? Yeah, in Victoria alone, like because we work over BC, um, we have quite a few hotels in BC. In Victoria, I'd say we have about 30 hotels that work on our program. And in doing that, we support 108 facilities in Victoria. Now, of course, when COVID hit, I'm sure everything mm -hmm. went down drastically. Um, so how did you navigate through that and come out on the other side? Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, I remember doing a SWOT analysis when I first started this. And one of the threats was what if all the hotels shut down, which yeah. you never think is ever going to happen. And then hotels during COVID probably went down to 10% occupancy. And even then, you know, some of them were instilling rules that everything had to go in the garbage. So we went from a supply of, you know, last year we got 136,000 pounds of product wow. to pretty much nothing for two years, like overnight, absolutely nothing, but the needs of our community went up. So we went to a purchasing model. It's not something long-term we wanted to do, but in the intern, we had to do it. And we just started purchasing products. And the funding came from like Victoria Foundation and, and private donors and so on, or? Yeah, Victoria Foundation was instrumental in the beginning. Remember what they were doing their uh, funding campaigns? We also got a lot of uh, government funding from the Community Recovery Program. Uh, we did get some funding from there, from BC Gaming. United Way was great. And a lot of private donors that saw the need 
but we had to pivot fast. And I think we went up 175% during the two years of COVID. And we'll talk in a second about how you're pivoting again for another campaign. But um, <laughs> where are you at now compared to, say, before COVID? There's been a little bit of a transition. Like before, maybe we were concentrating more on shelters and people that were street entrenched. And now it's like financially insecure families. Okay. A lot of families that are struggling with inflation that are reaching out to food banks. Uh, food banks BC has asked us to take over all the hygiene for the uh, food banks in BC and uh, refugees coming into Canada. So we work a lot in BC with refugees weekly. It's not, you know, once in a blue moon, it's consistently. Right. So there's general refugees coming in, but you're also providing a concerted effort to support those who have been fleeing from the Ukraine. That's right. Um, so where are you at with that? Yeah. So when the war broke out last March, um, our warehouse literally looked like a hoarder's where, you know, paradise. We had so many people stepping up and collecting donations and dropping off donations that we could hardly walk in our warehouse. And we were sending containers with international companies to Poland and Ukraine and around, around that area. Okay. Now that we're helping families that are arriving and they keep arriving, we cannot get anybody to donate anything. So we'll say we have Ukrainian families that we're helping and nothing will come in, like absolutely nothing. So it's a little bit of a mystery to me because the war is still happening, families are still suffering, and people are still coming here and we're supporting them with family kits every week. I hate to ask, but I guess yeah. that's some sort of fatigue even though the crisis is still real. Yeah, there there gets to be a fatigue there. Also, it's not in the media like it was last year. And right. when something's in the media and it seems that, you know, we have to help right now, but people forget that these things still go on, even if you're not hearing about it in the news. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely, we're we're happy to promote as much as you help us with with our desperate need to help those in in our community who are struggling. We we definitely want to make sure that um, uh, you get all the awareness you can for for all the work you're doing, uh, especially for people coming to Victoria who need to be set up properly so that they can thrive in, in this region and not have to worry about uh, you know just basic survival. Uh, you know get get mm -hmm. people to a better place yeah we found out when we provide a family or a person with their essentials like even laundry detergent and feminine products and toothbrushes and toothpaste deodorant we all know how expensive that is right. when we can provide that for a family they can use their limited funds and go buy more food or maybe pay their rent or you know all of the other essentials that we have to worry about right um, I saw on your website that you guys conduct a, a survey with the organizations that you work with regularly. What, what kind of results are you looking for? What kind of questions are you asking? Right. We're mainly interested in demographics. Like, who are you helping? You're the expert at our place, right? Someone else is the expert at another shelter. And so we just want to know how many people are actually accessing services in each region. So if I know, for example... Uh, if I'm writing a grant or if I'm trying to plan how many bottles of shampoo do I need for Nanaimo, I need all the shelters we work with to give me their information. Uh, so it's once a year so you can plan ahead for what uh, you, you need to, to raise and so on. Are, are there any, any trends that ever change in, in terms of uh, the, the need and what people are asking for or it's just been consistent? It's always just, you know, just basic 
the hygiene supplies. Yeah, basic. Um, more people are asking for laundry detergent as well. And we're working with more seniors. So working and getting incontinence pads and special products for seniors has been something that we're doing more and more of. Um, you know, it might not be a trend. It's just something we didn't do right at the beginning of when we started Soap for Hope. But now we're working with a lot of lower income senior centers that need special products. Right, and, and same with us. A lot of times seniors are are, are forgotten in, in our community in, in terms of like a lot of people know that we do as much as we can for those suffering mental, physical challenges, those with addictions, uh, mm -hmm. the working poor and, and, and so on. But we have so many seniors groups that they have homes, but, or yeah. a place to live, but they, they have no money left over for anything extra. So we, we, we try to have seniors programs. We try to keep in touch, find out what the needs are. And it's good to have a group like so for hope that can help to provide that because they are forgotten. Yeah, absolutely. And we do work with your senior program as well. And it's right. really, again, having those conversations on what do you need? Like a lot of our seniors are cold in the wintertime. So if we give them robes and extra blankets, that really helps them. You know, you go into their homes and they don't even have food. It's really sad. Yeah. Um, how long have you been involved with us at our place? Since day one. So almost eight years now. Wow. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that's been a pretty positive partnership between us. Um, uh, is there anything you've learned from working with us? Are we basically the same as, as most other shelters in terms of our needs or anything that stands out? Well, I think one thing is the generosity of your organization. Like I've known in the past, you've if you get excess, say, toilet paper, and you, you will pass them on to us because you know that other people in our community need it um, because we're tied into so many other facilities. Uh, we've always had that relationship with you that, oh, we got too much of this. Why don't we pass them on to you, which we really appreciate. Also, your staff is just fantastic. You know, they put an order in, they come pick it up. They're appreciative. They take a tour through our warehouse and they're really, they understand what we do. Yeah. Some of our other podcasts have been about, you know, I guess, not more sensational issues, but, you know, larger issues, missing middle uh, housing, uh, policing, um, you know, business community and, and so on. But this is just basic survival needs that we're, we're talking about today. And, and again, things that are overlooked. So we're hoping the community kind of becomes aware that we have to start at that foundation to be able to help somebody get to, uh, you know, new paths. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things I say in presentations is how would you feel if you were going to your work or a job interview and you didn't have soap and shampoo and deodorant? How, how is that going to make your self-esteem feel? Are you, you know, and, and when we're looking at teenagers, how are we going to build up our teenagers if they don't even feel good about themselves? And basic hygiene is just a start. It's hard to think about something unless it's happening to you. Yeah. So it it, 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 it's it's opportunities like these where we, we can get the, the word out and share messaging. Here's another thing to think about. Like when you, if you were in a BC, one of our BC fires that we will have this summer and you have 20 minutes to leave your house, are you going to remember your toothbrush and deodorant? Probably not. So with the evacuation centers, we make up bed kits from our linens, from hotels, and we make up hygiene kits so that when someone arrives at an evacuation center, their bedding and hygiene is taken care of, right? Now, uh, your team in terms of being able to, 
you know, on top of handing everything out, you probably also have a call center or, or is it basically yourself contacting the organization saying, can you please help? So you're working both sides of this, the handing out and, and the receiving. Right. So we do have incredible staff and volunteers. We have 50 volunteers here a week. Um, we have a team of six people right now. Two of them are summer students. Um, I think we've just got our procedures down pretty good. Like we have like an order form, like it's very dignified. You order what you need. We figure out what we can give you. And then we either ship it out or people pick it up. So we couldn't work without throughout BC without the help of Diamond Delivery and Ace Couriers. They do all of our delivering at no charge. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Last year was over a hundred thousand pounds. Wow. Yeah. Um, and five years from now, basically this, the model that, uh, uh, should still be going or is, is there a, a different way of doing things that you're looking at because uh, the, the need will always be there yeah the need will be there you know we're looking at a change in the hotel industry they've gone from little hotel amenity size to refillable oh, to big sporty bottles yeah yeah so that's creating a little bit of a challenge because we probably will always have street and trench people that need the individual sizes yeah so that's a little bit of a challenge. Uh, we're also, we changed our motto. It's we don't waste a thing around here. And so we're showing everybody how we have all this stuff coming into our warehouse and we have no garbage going out. So one of our newest projects is taking those shampoo bottles, the refillable ones, grinding down the plastic and making 3D printer filaments and that is going into an incubator project at UVic that will uh, embed these filaments in concrete. Wow. Yeah, it's an incredible project. Uh, one of our volunteers figured out that the a specific bottle we have is the same as 3D printer ink. So we'll have no garbage going out. That's incredible. Yeah. So that is our newest. That is what we're looking for funding on. We have thousands of bottles in the wait you know until we get the machine to grind down and are, are you reaching out to uh, uh the original suppliers like uh you know the, the different creators of shampoos soaps and so on for donations i i assume you are but they're probably hard to reach they're all uh, i don't know american companies and so on is, is that about right yeah we're kind of more working with environmental um, okay. Like the CRD has been great and yeah. Coast Waste Management working with organizations like that. So what do we do about our garbage here yeah. instead of the original source of it? Because I just can't, I'm not reaching them, you know, okay. I need to look at our garbage cycles here. Um, any final messages for people listening? Uh, obviously that they can, you know, make donations of soaps, shampoos uh, and specific kinds of, of linen, just help get the word out, go to the website. Um, how can people be part of something so so basic, so um, understated and yet so vital? Yeah, I would say to people, look under your, your sink at home. And if there's products there that have been sitting and you're not using them, come down to our warehouse. Come for a tour and see what we do and how we do it. Maybe this is a place you want to volunteer. Maybe it's a place you want to donate product. Uh, we also have a thrift store here. It's from all the lost and found at hotels. So we work with the best hotels so we get the best lost and found. Uh, you can also support our program that way by purchasing something here. Wonderful. Where's the thrift, uh, the thrift store? It's at our location at 426 William Street. Great. Uh, and thank you so much for this. Really appreciate it. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, I didn't know half of what was going on. So I, I really appreciate the knowledge. Yeah. Thanks, Steve, for having us. No problem. Thank you.
You've been listening to the Heart of the Matter podcast. For more information about our place and the vital programs and services provided to the Greater Victoria community, please go to www.ourplacesociety.com. Our Place is a registered BC charity. You can donate by visiting the website or by calling 250-940-5060. Help us to bring hope and belonging to those in need.